Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. The uh, Earl Stewart on Cars team, live in the studio here in North Palm Beach, Florida. You heard the recorded introduction. It's pretty accurate, except we have a substitute for Stu Stewart. That's another son. I've got three sons. And Josh Stewart uh, fills in for Stu when uh, he has issues, and he's got a little uh, illness at home, so he's taking a day off. And uh, we got Josh, uh, who will fill in very well for him. His, his main function, Stu, um, is uh, in charge of our mystery shoppers. And actually, Josh is very much involved in that, too. Very familiar with Agent Lightning, dispatching her and, and writing and, and uh, diagnosing our mystery shopping reports. And other than that, we've got Rick Kearney, our certified master diagnostic technician, answer any question about the electronics or uh, computerization of your car. I mean, the mechanics, I almost hesitate to mention at all. Uh, who's got a telephone list around here so I don't forget to read the telephones? I stole my phone list. And we have to give you those numbers because your calls are numero uno. You are, your calls are far more important than just about anything else we do on this show because if you don't call, we don't get to good stuff. And if you're a regular listener, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you think of things. First of all, what you're thinking is, what we ought to be talking about because that's why we're here to help you and I use that collectively as, as our entire audience and well, your problems are pretty commonly uh, shared by most everybody listening so we asked you to call in and uh, Jonathan gave me uh, the list here you'd think I'd have these memorized after all these years but you know it's funny when you use a crutch you just don't get off of it and you just I should go home and memorize it I mean I I memorized the multiplication tables. I should be able to memorize this. <laughs> our, our phone, old-fashioned telephone, 877-960-9960. If you'd write that down, I'd appreciate it. You might not have a question now or a comment, but if you listen for a few minutes, you probably will. We really get into some interesting things, I promise you. If you listen just for a few minutes, I know you're not going to listen for two hours. I wish you would, but that's a long time. We're on from 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time. So for whatever amount of time you listen, you'll think of something that will pique your curiosity, interest, or perhaps your anger. Uh, you, you can call us at 877-960-9960, and we will prioritize your call. We have, I think, five lines coming into the studio here and when we get busy sometimes they all get tied up and you'll get a busy signal we don't like to see that happen so nancy stewart who's to my left here in the studio she's got a computer screen that she looks at regularly and when a real caller a live caller comes in at 
960-9960. She hops on it, waves at me, uh, taps me on the shoulder, and anybody will stop what they're doing, Rick or Josh or me or Nancy, and we will talk to you because we love to hear your voice. It's more personal. Phone calls are more personal, but we know everyone doesn't want to be personal on live radio. It is kind of scary. I don't know why I'm not frightened of this. I, you know, I, when I think about it when I'm not here, I get nervous, but when I get here, for some reason, I relax. So I don't know what it is, but I know a lot of people don't feel like I do. So if you don't want to be on live radio, then you just use your text. We have the old-fashioned text. I say old-fashioned. <laughs> I remember when I never heard of texting. I remember, I won't say I never heard of phones. I mean, I'm, I'm not that old. But I've never heard of cell phones when I was younger. So, Anyway, our text number is 772-497-6530. That text number is 772-497-6530. Those texts go to Josh Stewart, and uh, he collects them. Uh, we get to them all by the end of the show. And uh, if you text us right now and the phone rings right now, we'll go to the phone first. And if we have a long conversation and something comes up, we'll get to the text, we promise you. Now, our really cool line, no one has this. I like being unique. We have an anonymous feedback way to get to the show. I don't know. Politicians should have this. Regulators should have this. CEOs of companies should have this. Police departments do have it. Uh, FBI, I mean, for important stuff, they have it. The suicide lines have it. I mean, it's, it's recognized as the way to get through to somebody because people sometimes don't want to be identified. And we have it. So that number or that URL, that website, is your anonymous feedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S feedback.com. And if you will go to that website, you can send us a message. You can ask us a question, make a comment. You can even use profanity and vulgarity. Now, we'll, <laughs> we'll bleep the profanity and vulgarity, but we'll get the essence of your message across, even if it's something bad that you don't like about us. As a matter of fact, we do appreciate criticism. We prefer constructive criticism, but we'll, we accept all criticism. And uh, there are a lot of car dealers out there. You guys ought to be taking advantage of that anonymous feedback line, because I know some of you really don't like this show. Matter of fact, a group of you got together in South Florida and boycotted advertising on this show, not this particular radio station, but it was this channel this station before it changed ownership, you boycotted the station and said, we will stop advertising unless you get rid of Earl on cars. And we got fired. We were off the air for almost two years until it's, the station changed ownerships and then the new owner invited us back. And here we are. <laughs> so, you car dealers, you want to say something nasty to me and not let me find out who you are? You are Y-O-U-R. A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S feedback.com It'll go right through to Josh and he will read it on the air. And we can talk about it. In fact, we'd love to have you call the show. I know you won't. Actually, we have had a couple of car dealers call the show. And I, if you do, if you got the nerve and you're an automobile dealer or an employee of an automobile dealership, you know, manager, salesman, whatever, 
and you call us, I promise you will be treated with respect and courtesy. I promise you will not be uh, muted out. I won't hang up on you, and I won't insult you. You can insult me, but I'm not going to insult you. We just want to hear what you have to say. You're anonymousfeedback.com, and uh, that's the different ways we can uh, we can get uh, be reached on this show. Uh, I'm going to introduce Nancy Stewart, who's sitting on my left, uh, very important to the show, uh, and she is our leading, uh, well, she's the only female on the show. Uh, she is our female advocate, and her purpose being here, other than just being part of the team and answering your questions, is to encourage women to participate more. And she's going to tell you about an offer in just a second that will enrich you if you are a woman who has not called the show before. Uh, we have a lot of very, very talented, knowledgeable women that do participate now. We're trying to reach 50-50. We're almost there. In fact, I would arguably, I would say, our most talented, interesting, intelligent texter is a female by the name of Anne Marie. Mm -hmm. And I bet she's probably texting us as we speak, or maybe already has. It's already here. Already here. So, you ladies out there, we'd love to have you contact the show. And uh, I'm going to turn the mic over to Nancy, and she's going to tell you precisely what that offer is if you will be a first-time caller. Thank you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Earl on Cars. We're right here for you, and as Earl said, we'll take all your calls, all your opinions, and everything you have to hand us. We're learning something new every Saturday morning. You're an important part of the show. <clears throat> for the ladies, our first two female callers, you can win yourself $50 this morning. And uh, remember, women represent a huge opportunity for the auto dealers, the auto industry. Also remember, you're listening to an international show. Yes, we're reaching people across the globe. So give us a call at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the, well, actually, we're going to go right to the telephones because uh, John's been holding from Palm City. Welcome to the show, John. Good morning, John. Good, mo good morning. Good morning to the entire crew. Thank you for being there. I want to discuss the law that was passed in 2019 by the EPA for all 50 states. It's against excessive idling of any motor vehicle, trucks, buses, etc. Uh, they can't idle more than three minutes, and the federal fine is $350. This set up a group immediately of, they call them the idle warriors, <laughs> and people like uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York City went into effect with fines, people, they call it bounty hunters. They, they film, they videotape with sound of trucks, buses, uh, Uber cabs, and they submit that to the city, and they get 25% uh, of that $350 fine, which is exactly $87.50. They get issued a 1019 form, and they've made a lot of money on it. Last year alone, New York City collected $2.5 million in fines and paid out to these bounty hunters 
$725,000. It's pathetic. Oh. I mean, it's, 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 if you think about it, uh, you, you, I mean, for a delivery sometime, especially a truck has to idle, waiting, uh, the uh, car carriers, they have to keep the engine running, I think, in order to use the hydraulic lifts on it. And it gets insane with these people, with these so-called idle warriors. But it is a law, and it's effective in all 50 states, and it's against excessive idling of trucks, buses, and cars, motorized vehicles. John, if I, I didn't know you, point this out John, to the people. John, if I didn't know you for so long and know how smart you are and how honest you are, I would, I would swear you were playing a joke. <laughs> that that no, law... this is an absolute figure. <laughs> this can be authenticated, and it's, it's just out of hand because... There are situations, especially in a cab, like at New York City, that they're waiting and waiting for a fare. Or sometime down here, you see in a parking lot, people keep it running to keep the air conditioning on, you know, more than the three minutes. I'm guilty of and that this morning. Yeah. I, well, you know, here, meanwhile, they're speeding uh, 20, 30, 40 miles over the speed limit on the expressways. They're driving recklessly. Uh, they're drinking coffee. And uh, and they're and they're texting and they're and they're on the phone. They're doing all these terribly dangerous things. There were more traffic deaths last year than ever before, and and so the federal government's worried about. And the and New York governor is worried about someone idling for three. You you pull up to a a train crossing and you have a freight train, and and you, you have <laughs> a, big, not a long one. You have a big truck or you have a bunch. Of, there are a bunch of vehicles there, and they all turn the engines off. What are the odds that one of them is not going to be able to start the car? And when the train passes, you're going to have this massive backup of cars. I can think of a million reasons why that's the dumbest idea I ever heard. But, I, John, I love your calls. I tell you, that is, that's, a, that's right up to an Anne Marie call if, in terms of interest because it is outrageous. I, I can't believe it. But thank you so much for calling it to our attention. Every week, John. <laughs> You're welcome. You, it's you just, the law. Absolutely ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> out of hand completely. And um, I want to point it out to people that the law exists. Well, I have to say, I mean, I think a lot of people, most people, I know everybody here thinks we think about cleanliness and we think about emissions and think we we think about using renewable fuels and we know we know that global warming exists. I know a lot of you people out there don't think it does. We, I, I happen to believe it does. I think it's an issue, but when you take a stupid approach like this, you hurt the cause because when you make stupid laws, the people who are on the on the edge, you know, leaning one way or the other in terms of uh, cleanliness of the air and so on and forth, they, 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 this is used against them. So uh, you got to get rid of the stupid laws in order to get the intelligent laws enforced. And John, thanks very much. I, I don't know what we do without your. John, calls. does that uh, does that include that stupid law? Does that include UPS, FedEx? Uh, that includes everybody, yeah. and that's how they're making money on this law by videotaping them yeah. and, uh, you know, submitting it. And states like, cities like New York City are getting a revenue from this stupid law, and it's just out of hand completely. Yeah. Yeah. I would have think that that was a, well, candy camera skit, <laughs> but that's just me. Okay, John, thanks so much. You're always an important part of the show. We do appreciate your call. Okay.
Uh, okay, we're going to go to Sarah, who's been holding. Thanks for your patience, Sarah. Sarah's calling us from Boynton Beach. Good morning. Good morning. It's Sarah Lynn calling. And I'm calling about a blog Earl posted. And um, it just burnt me. It got me very upset because I had a Toyota Supra. In, in, in actually it was 87 and um, I had an accident with hard drives company and received money and of course you know I wanted the same car but I got a Toyota something different and ended up that they drove it to my house that's how enticing they made it they even drove it to my house and unfortunately I went for it my payments were up $400 back then I had them repo it so, you know, that's just something I'll never forget. Uh, let me show you. So you, you the, the fact that they put the miles on the car, um, driving it to deliver it to your house? No, it was, was it? a used car. Oh, and they, a used car, yeah. They drove it for, to my house to sell it to me. Okay. Yeah. And what was the nature of the complaint? What was your, what did, what did they do that angered you, Sarah? What they did was, I was, I guess, I was very gullible at the time, I'll be honest with you, and they talked me into something I should never have been talked into. Just a high-pressure, heavy-handed... Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, um, there is a... There is a... How long ago this happened? It happened over 20 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a... uh, There's a... A uh, little-known law is called the Home Solicitation Law, and you can rescind a purchase in 72 hours if the seller uh, comes to your home and sells it to you. It was, it was It's an old law. It's been on the books. I think it was probably passed many years ago uh, to protect you against encyclopedia salesmen. Uh, <laughs> um, most of the most oh, of the boy. most most people are, most of the younger people don't know what an encyclopedia is. They know what Google is, but yeah, knocking yeah. doors a fuller brush salesman and that type of thing. So a lot of people think that 72 rescission law applies when you buy a car, but if you go into the dealership or into the store, you don't have 72 hours. As soon as you sign and take the product, you bought. The, the product, but uh, had you known 20 years ago, you might have had... I know. Uh, something that I'll never forget, and then I, I read your yeah. blog. Yeah. Well, hey, thank s- you, Sarah. Hey, Sarah, you- Sarah yeah. was it the convenience of them bringing the car uh, to your, your residence? Was, uh, did, did that kind of seal the deal? It did, kind of. It was like they kept telling me, you know, and it's no pressure, you're going to have a great yeah. deal here. We'll even bring it to your house. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, it. Oh, your defenses that. are down, and you're not as uh, yeah. sharp, sh- shall we oh, say? Oh, I was not at, at all sharp back then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness it was 20 years ago. Things have yeah. certainly changed. Consumers yeah, really much more educated. I love you all so much. Oh, Thank uh, you, Sarah. Uh, Sarah, love I don't recall show. talking to you. Are you a first-time caller? No, I'm not. Actually, I'm the one that got... I gave the sneakers to your grandson, Jackson. Oh, uh, I should remember that. Aww. It's okay. <laughs> it's quite all right. <laughs> Thank well, you. I love you guys. So you need Thank to call more so often so I can recognize your voice. How's okay. that sound? <laughs> Sarah, spread okay. the word that we do have $50 here for the first time, uh, too, 
of the first time well. female callers. And uh, I thank you for listening to Earl on Cars. And Jackson thanks you. He's thank long you. worn. He's he's long I outgrown he's those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you have a wonderful All weekend. Right. Thank you. You do the same. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to get back to... You know, I had to uh, Google encyclopedia salesperson, and then I found the definition on Wikipedia. Ah. So <laughs> everything worked out. How about Fuller Brush? <laughs> but you never heard of the Fuller Brush, man. Uh-uh, no, that's a... Oh, that yeah. How about head. the Avon lady? Yeah, they sold... That I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a huge amount. Did it was common a- back back in the day... Uh, people just, yeah, that's what people did. I'm a door-to-door salesman. Mm-hmm. Did you was, have a set of uh, encyclopedias in your home? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, we all did. I had a world book encyclopedia set. Yeah. They were like the, they were like the old-time car dealership. One of my major Because they would come purchases. in, they would flim-flam, and they would sell you a full set of encyclopedias, but you only got like one a month, yeah. and then you had to pay forever, high interest rate. I it mean, was really worth it. Your yeah. kids really took an interest in it, you know? You put them in a, you know, place in the living room where they were really interested and, you know, just reading every single one of them. It was well worth it. Mm-hmm. Different time. Yeah, it certainly was. Okay, uh, back uh, to the recovery. I think we have uh, anonymous feedback, some text. Yeah, I have Anne Marie's good morning text. Okay. So let's, let's not uh, not delay. <laughs> um, good morning. This week's most talked about video has to be the one where a red truck gets rolled by a tornado, set upright, and drives yeah. off down the road. Wow. I saw that too. Yeah. Did you Amazing. see that? Amazing. I missed that one. Oh, you should. Wow. YouTube it um, um, after the show so you don't get distracted. I mean, you actually had on a, a security <laughs> webcam and it actually flipped yeah, the truck upside down, flipped it around, back in the direction, and the guy just kept on driving. Well, she has some more very interesting details about that. <laughs> uh, she says, I'm glad to report that the 16-year-old boy who was driving home from a job interview, that was the driver, <laughs> wow. kudos to you, young man, um, is okay even though the truck is totaled. So what it model? drove off, but it must have still been totaled. What model? What truck was that? Uh, here it is. Uh, um, is wait, wait, it, Ford F-150. Uh, close. I'll give you one more guess. Uh, 350. <laughs> the Ford, Ford Raptor. No, not, not that close. Chevrolet. Chevrolet, Nancy. There you okay. go. Chevrolet is, and Chevrolet caught news of the story, and apparently they're giving him a brand new truck. Wow. That, great story, oh, right? That's awesome. oh, Don't you wow. wonder what went through his mind? I mean, oh. I wonder if he realized what had happened. I bet he probably didn't realize. I mean, he maybe when he got, saw the video later, he's like, yeah, oh, he my gosh. Got home. He said, that happened? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was so fast. And just think about it. You think that maybe you just... Had a stroke or a, a sixteen-year-old kid. He probably was just so shocked at it occurring. He was just hanging on for dear life, and then when it landed back on his wheels, he's like, "Okay," and just drove home. I mean, yeah. it's, and well, sixteen cool years that, old, they're like a, a they're like a little yeah. Gumby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Marie knows she's she's wondering That's why the awesome. person uh, videotaping it continued towards the tornado. That's a really good question, right <laughs> well, there. Well, I thought it was like a security cam. It was actually and no. Apparently, I'm, there might have been multiple angles from yeah. it. Usually, that's the case when there's yeah. something maybe like a that. tornado well, chaser. It, that's right. what there I was thinking. Storm there are, chasers. Yeah, they're they're really amazing they do, people man. if you've ever watched it. And mm-hmm. Anne Marie, um, on another note, I, I was thinking about you this morning about 
4 a.m., if you could believe it. I'm sitting at my PC, and I'm thinking about all these cargo ships that you, you know, all this information you filled us in from uh, with uh, from week to week. And mm-hmm. I just asked myself, why, why? And there they are out there in Chesapeake Bay and uh, out there in the Black Sea. And, uh, gosh, you talk about interrupting the food chain uh, with the grains and everything. But uh, I just wanted to share that with you. I was thinking about you. Looking forward to your text, as we always do every week. <laughs> yeah. She actually wants to add a PSA to her text here. She says, please try to avoid driving in bad weather, especially tornadoes and hurricanes. Sound advice. I, I'm guilty uh, of after a hurricane comes through town of wanting to go yeah. survey the damage afterwards. I and, used to love doing you know, that. Actually, but that's a, not actually really a smart a, thing. A yeah. vehicle is a safer place than... I mean, you're best to be in a safe room in your home mm-hmm. or in a real shelter, but uh, uh, next to that, a car is a safer place, but not from a tornado. I mean, oh, from yeah. a hurricane, yeah. uh, but uh, obviously, uh, you don't want to be anywhere outside with a tornado. What about the old, um, you know, kind of, I don't know if it's an old wives' tale or not, but you know, being in a car protects you from a lightning strike because you're off yeah. the ground in uh, with rubber tires? What do you think it, about that, Rick? Yeah, the, you got you got to understand. Lightning is a, basically a spark that has just traveled what thirty forty thousand feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that little bit of rubber <laughs> does nothing. It's the effect of the steel cage around you creating a Faraday cage that channels the lightning around you. Okay. So what happens in lightning strike on your car if it hits more than just a, a, a nearby strike where the electric pulse basically wipes out the computers and that. A direct hit, which I've seen this a few times, usually hits like the antenna. It just takes the antenna out, blows it away, and we will find burn marks. Usually at the lowest point of the car somewhere, we'll find another burn mark where it arced from the car to the ground. So you're better off stay in the car during a thunderstorm than get out and run for shelter because you're exposed. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, and lightning doesn't necessarily go for a metal object. It goes for the highest point and yeah. usually a sharp point. That's yeah. why the antenna with its point at the end will normally catch the antenna, uh, yeah, catch the lightning. If you're in a boat, um, and the uh, smart captains will bring in their outriggers. Oh, absolutely. Get them as I low actually, as possible. Actually, I'm not even sure that's true. Uh, when I think about it, maybe what I'm trying to say is the, the outrigger would actually direct the, the lightning you know, uh, away from the right, right down and through the boat. You don't want to be the highest object as a case. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have to ask uh, Captain yeah, we'll, Trent. We'll ask Captain Trent about that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Anne Marie signs off. Uh, you know, please drive safely, and and she signs her name Mother Hen. So I, that's very sweet. Thank you, Anne Marie. Great to hear from it you. It was Anne a Chevy Marie. Silverado. She wanted to clarify. Wow. Uh-huh. So kudos oh. to the Chevy. <laughs> yes. Okay. Any text or and the sixteen-year-old that survived. <laughs> it's yeah. quiet on YouTube right now. Um, I have a, a text that just popped in here. Um, it says, my sister and I have an ongoing debate since we were children, and I was hoping you could help clear this up for us. My sister insists that the steering wheel is what makes the wheels on the car go, and I, and I say it's to turn the front wheels to steal the car. That's why it's called the steering wheel. Who's right? <laughs> my family is split on this with both my parents agreeing with my sister because she's the smartest in the family. Please prove me right. So just to clarify, that she insists that the steering wheel is what makes the wheels on the cars go, and I say it's to turn the front wheel. So who's right? Well, obviously the steering wheel does not make the wheels on the car go, so you're definitely right. However, I think uh, on an all-wheel drive, 
Uh, do, do they make a car now where you can turn all the wheels uh, with the steering wheel? Actually, that has that type of system, uh, known as all-wheel steering. All-wheel steering is what I'm. Has been attempted on quite a few models. I think one of the earliest ones was like 20 years ago or more. Now there may be also other uh, one-off models many years back, but I think like 20 or 30 years ago we had a couple of cars came out that had all-wheel steering. Can you buy one today? Or as a matter of fact, I think the one of the newest GMs actually has the ability that when you turn the wheels, the car can actually crab walk sideways. Oh, cool. I've always it thought has, that it has a, the ability to yeah, do that. For people who can't parallel park, that'd be great. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the basic idea. answer your question, idea. no, the steering wheel has nothing to do. Uh, that's all the engine and the transmission right. and the axles and that. The drivetrain is what powers the wheel. So yeah. the That's wheel, why if your engine's not running, you can still use the steering wheel to turn the front wheels yeah. left and right, and you can push the car in order to get it to where you need it to be. Mm-hmm. So that's from Leon in Winter Park. So thank you, Leon. And your sister, she might still be the smartest person in the family, but as I can tell you from personal experience, even the smartest person in the family is wrong every once in a while. Every once in a while. I get it wrong, too. Josh is looking at me right now. <laughs> was, sure. was, I'm looking in the mirror. Yeah. There uh, you go. <laughs> uh, I just heard from uh, from Rick, who monitors our YouTube, uh, Earl Sterling Car- Earl on Cars, where's that's YouTube. <laughs> No, youtube.com for slash rolling cars. I got that backwards. He monitors YouTube. So uh, we have no YouTube input. So if you go to uh, youtube.com for slash rolling cars, you can stream us live, see how pretty we are and how smart we are. And you can also <laughs> ask questions. And Rick will hop on that. And, and, and I said, almost said Stu, Josh, he does the text. And he does uh, the Facebook. So facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. So we need to get the streaming post and the YouTube, the Facebook. We need it all come in. Your input is what makes the show. Or you call us at 877-960-9960, 877-960-9960, or text us at 772-497-6530. So we'll go back to Josh and... I know we have some anonymous feedbacks over there. Yes, we do. Um, This one came in uh, a couple of days ago, I believe. Yes. Uh, Just simply says, someone needs to prosecute the crooks at Wallace. Maybe someone's listening to a rerun of the show and inspired them to... (laughs) Well, that may or may not be true, but uh, what we need to to learn is that one of the reasons this show exists is to put the heat on our regulators. Uh, not just in Florida, but all around the country. Uh, Florida, I think, needs it more than most of the countries, other states. But uh, we need to let our regulators know we expect them to enforce the laws. And we do have laws. And uh, uh, I wrote a blog. Nancy will probably find that blog. And I have a URL address in there that you can go to to read the Florida statute that has some very important laws Florida law that aren't being enforced. And I can pick up the newspaper, I can go online to Facebook, I can go to YouTube, I can go anywhere and look at any advertisement and find a car dealer ad right now within 30 seconds that's violating Florida law. We have an attorney general named Ashley Moody. Uh, She's probably not listening to the show, I wish she were, but I bet there's somebody that knows Ashley Moody that's listening to the show and Someone just tell Ashley Moody, Earl on Cars is saying, 
why aren't Florida laws being enforced, right? I, I use the comparison, people that complain about being on I-95 and going the speed limit and being rear-ended and being so terrified uh, of the cars that are passing them uh, by 20 and 30 miles an hour when they're trying to adhere to the speed limit means that nobody on I-95 is, is obeying the law. So what's the sense of having a law? Because when you ignore a law, others see you ignore the law, and they either say, well, if they can do it, I can do it, or they say, hey, I can get away with it, and I'm going to do it. And that's what car dealers do. Car dealers see their competition. Let's say I'm a Honda dealer, and I'm advertising cars, honestly. I've got a competitor that's eight miles away from me, and he's advertising the same place I am. Now, he's advertising a car that I know he won't sell. He's advertising a Honda card, which I happen to be know is $1,000 below his cost, and he can't sell it for that. But guess what? The car dealers are selling cars to people who come in on that ad. They flim-flam them. They confuse them. They sign them up for a car. Some people get it. Some people don't go in. But the people that go in, that believe it's, there's is such a, it's a free lunch, buy. So I see my competitors selling a lot more cars than I do. I say, look, I got to do it. And so that's what pollutes the market. That's the reason the South Florida market is the Sodom and Gomorrah of car dealerships, because it's polluted, the domino effect. And you will see a mystery shopping report today in the Midwest, Pennsylvania, that illustrates my point. Uh, if you have a majority of honest dealers, then you will have almost all of them being honest. If you have uh, dishonest dealers, it permeates the market, and then suddenly you have mostly dishonest dealers. Rick, you got your hand up. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, a question just came in from Craig Jacobson. He says, does Earl Stewart Toyota charge over MSRP like other dealerships are doing? No, we don't. And we never have. I mean, uh, we, uh, back in the day, I mean, uh, there's always been car dealers charging over MSRP. Corvette is a good example. Corvette dealers always charge over MSRP, uh, even when there's plenty of Corvettes. Uh, well, there's never plenty, I guess. Uh, Chevrolet, General Motors generally limits the manufacturer so they can sell at high prices. But when a limited supply vehicle comes out, for example, the Toyota Supra, when it first came out, the new Supra came out, hmm. uh, Toyota dealers were selling those for 10, 20, 30, 40, one of them had it listed at a hundred thousand over MSRP. We mm. numbers we sold our Supras at MSRP. Now today, all cars are in limited supply, like Supras and like Corvettes, and virtually all the dealers are selling them over MSRP. We do not sell them. It's a it's a moral ethical thing. It's not illegal because the car dealers can sell a new car for anything they want. It's a suggested retail price. Yeah, they, they, they can <laughs> suggest it. You can mark a car suggested. up a billion dollars over MSRP, and it's perfectly legal. But it's not moral. It's not ethical. And it's not good business because you buyers will remember the, how you got gouged, and you will migrate toward those dealers that treated you somewhat honestly. And there are more and more dealers we're finding in our mystery shopping reports that are coming close to MSRP. Uh, uh, we haven't really found, well, there have been a couple, but very few actually do MSRP. Usually there's uh, some uh, Zurich coat or polyglycote or uh, nitrogen in the tires, uh, uh, dock fees, 
uh, dealer fees, uh, tag agency fees, hidden fees. Usually they jack the price up. Even the good dealers that we give B's or A's to, I'll mark them up two or three hundred dollars. That's a good dealer. Very few just don't mark them up at all. Mm. That answers the question. Perfectly. Back to you, Josh. Well, that actually brings up a good topic. This uh, new website that came to our attention, I oh, think yeah, it would yeah. be a, a nice segue into that. It's called uh, markups.org, M-A-R-K-U-P-S dot org. Plural, markups. Exactly. Yeah. And and what this is, this is like a, a crowdsourced website. Um, um, uh, an associate of ours brought it to our attention. And users from around the country can submit to this website um, a picture of like a markup addendum sticker. Um, and the dealership name and the uh, some of the pertinent information. And then there's a, a resource for people to go, you know, if they're shopping for a Chevy or a Ford or a Toyota, they can look in their state for the different markups that different dealers are adding to that particular uh, model car. Um, and so we, I took the liberty of actually taking uh, Agent Lightning's uh, mystery shop of uh, a Wallace Cadillac dealership a few weeks ago. There was a $5,000 dentum sticker and I, uh, I uploaded it with uh, the pictures that she took, and they reviewed it to make sure it was, it was a legitimate uh, posting, and it got posted. So, uh, so I think this would be a great um, tool for the listeners out there to... Yeah, this could be huge because it's, a, it's an ingenious idea. Uh, you have to be a little cyber savvy. I had to ask Josh to uh, navigate the website for me uh, to post that. Uh, so you, 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 you might have to play with it a little bit, but if you'd write that website down, markups, plural, M-A-R-K-U-P-S, dot org, O-R-G, not, not dot com, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, not dot gov, it's dot O-R-G, markups, dot org. And we don't know who uh, posted the website. Uh, they're anonymous. I don't know why. I'd be proud of it. I wish I'd done it. But they created this website. So anywhere in the world, and we're mainly interested in the United States, you can go to markups.org, and you can post uh, the dealership that you had an experience with. You can upload, as Josh said, an addendum sticker, or you can just put the information in there. I believe they require, they want the photo evidence just to oh, stop someone from falsely, oh. um, you know, uh, you know, putting information about a dealer that's not accurate. Oh, that's why I wasn't able to do it. There See, you go. I didn't read it carefully. Okay, uh, take your smartphone, take a picture of the addendum label, or somehow get a copy of the addendum label, and all of these experiences wouldn't it be wonderful? Now. When we first heard about this, there were no Florida dealers. Mm-hmm. So Josh posted the first Florida at markups.org. So if you're listening out there, Florida desperately needs, and we will populate markups.org and uh, with our mystery shopping reports, and we will uh, we'll give it a jump start because we've got a lot of uh, pictures we could post with different dealers. And so, heads up to all the dealers that are within the sound of my voice. We're going to get a picture of your addendum label, and we're going to put it on markups.org, and we're going to publicize markups.org, and we're going to put markups.org on earlandcars.com. There you go. So it'll be up there where you can go to markups.org, and we're teaming up with another good person that's trying to help protect the consumer in car buying, in this case, from the whole United States. And uh, markups.org, I can't say it often enough. No, it's, 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 what a great thing. It's and, the beginning uh, of the Justice League. <laughs> Pardon me? 
It's the beginning of the Justice League. Exactly. I like that. And yeah, vigilantes. Well, I mean, we got so many websites. You yeah. Know, uh, vigilantes. Earl'sVigilantes.com. Right. Reading my mind when you mentioned that Josh had to help you out on the markups.org. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, here's proof right here. You know, we all can't maneuver our way around the internet, and we need some help. And uh, this is something uh, that you can help us with. And uh, you can sign up. You can go to Earl on Cars. Not only we are we looking for you know uh, volunteers um in respect to the internet uh but we're looking for volunteers uh for uh, earl's vigilantes you don't have to take an engine apart uh just uh you know sign up and volunteer uh and you can help some people in your own community and uh it's a it's a great organization we got some great people uh that are volunteering for girls vigilantes so take advantage of that and uh, remember knowledge is certainly an opportunity and we're all here to help you and you're here to help us we enjoy your company you're a big part of the show give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 and uh, also don't forget um our podcasts um it, it jonathan is definitely responsible for all of this and it's just amazing um did you know that you could listen to our podcasts of all our past radio shows um (coughs) he's got it he's got it all there and uh uh, tune in radio uh uh, google podcast uh to to name a few uh your favorite podcast uh so uh go over there and uh take a look we are going to go to our first female caller of the morning and her name is jackie and jackie won herself fifty dollars this morning by calling in good morning jackie hello welcome hi good morning thank you welcome as the first Um, female caller thank you and you won Um, yourself fifty dollars that's great uh, never can turn that down (laughs) (laughs) what can we do for you this morning um, I was listening earlier, and you were talking about the idling law. I also had a, um, kind of had a question about, um, recently I was discussing with some friends about um, how long you should let your car warm up or start up before you take off in the morning. And I was wondering, some people, you know, say you got to do it a few minutes, some say a few seconds. Um, but if you're letting it warm up too long, is that going to go against that idling law? Like, if it's just sitting in your driveway. Well, Rick Kearney can answer that question. Jackie, Rick, what's the answer? If you're here in South Florida and, you know, where average temperatures are, we might see the lowest at 40, 50 degrees. Uh, On a really cold day, I would let it warm for at least 20 or 30 seconds before putting it in gear on a really cold day. Otherwise, 10 to 15 seconds. Really, the only time that you want... Uh, for running just that idle, that little warm-up, is just to let it build some oil pressure and make sure the oil gets circulated through the engine. And 10 to 15, 20 seconds, that's plenty long enough. So by the time you've got your, your in the car, buckled your seatbelt, got the mirrors checked, you know, maybe adjusted here and there a little bit, set the AC where you want or whatever, you're pretty much safe to go. Uh, northern states where it gets icy cube cold i mean in winter time in the northern states you may want to let it sit and idle for a minute two minutes three minutes just to kind of let the coolant start flowing a bit 
and help get the engine warmed up and get some temperatures in it. But that's only when you're reaching those like uh, near zero and sub-zero temperatures. Okay, yeah, I um, I did move down from Pennsylvania about six years ago, so I did have that experience of being in the colder climate, having to let it warm longer. Uh, I, th- I thought I detected that sound of someone who <laughs> probably your father told you when you get in the car in the cold weather, let it warm for a while. And so, yeah, that it's 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 definitely worthwhile in the northern climates in the wintertime, but otherwise, really, it's only just a 20, 30 seconds at the most, and you're ready to go. And Jackie, I think being from Pittsburgh myself, I think I may have broken a few laws because I'll tell you what, mid-February, mm, December, my car sat outside overnight. I didn't have it in a garage, and uh, let me tell you what, uh, it was more than a minute or two for me to warm up my car. <laughs> I had to take the ice pick to my windshield, hey. and I had to go through you know, the whole warm-up yep. situation and uh i remember those days like yesterday so i've yeah you, for pittsburgh is a big a great place to be from yeah i remember the ice building up and it took sometimes longer than a minute or so to get all the ice off and everything and you want to have the car running to help warm it up from the inside to get the ice off yeah so yeah and you wanted to beat the uh, snow plow when they came through because you <laughs> shoveled all the mm-hmm. snow you know, away from your tires and everything, and then you go back in the house to get your coffee, and you come out and go, whoops, the snowplow just came back, buried me again. Where's my car? <laughs> anyway, uh, Jackie, thanks for the call. I really appreciate oh, it. Welcome. We all do. And all the ladies out there are listening to you, and uh, gives them a little more encouragement to give us a call. Uh, so yeah, I'll spread the word. <laughs> You took the words through my mouth. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful weekend. I look forward to mailing right. that check out to you. Oh, thank you very much. 877-960-9960 is a telephone number you can take advantage of, and you can also text us at 772-497-6530. I have a question I want to ask Rick about that. Don't uh, forget your anonymous feedback. Dot com. About that uh, warm-up period. Is, is this in an owner's manuals? Uh, in any owner's manuals, do, does, it, does the manufacturer recommend uh, uh, an idling period of time for uh, based on temperature? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I, uh, that, that's what I thought. And I, I, I honestly don't, I think that maybe, you know, you've been around a long time, just uh, not as long as I have, and you said that, uh, that uh, maybe Jackie's father told her about it. Back in the day, you had to do it. I don't. Yep. I don't think you have to warm a car up today. I think, I think, I think, um, and when I get in my car, and I think most cars now, they automatically uh, idle higher for a few seconds when you first start it. Oh, that's that's absolutely true. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, in if you get in really cold weather, yeah, that's, will, that's will, where you, you know maybe if it's give really it a minute cold. In really most. cold weather, it might not start. You have to you have to run it so it wouldn't stall again. I right. don't know because I haven't mm-hmm. been in really cold weather in it a long time. It makes a difference whether the car is yeah. on the street or in a garage. Yeah. I, oh, absolutely. I, I I think if it was important to the durability and the main, you know the reliability of your car, I think it would be in the owner's manual. And I you know the, the, the manufacturers are pretty good about that. I. I'm contentious with manufacturers, and I, I attack them almost as often as I attack car dealers. But one thing about a manufacturer, I believe, in my experience, I've had several franchises besides Toyota. 
they're pretty good about their owner's menu. What they, if you do uh, what the owner manager tell you to do, you're never going to have a problem with a car. If anything, they err on the side of being too careful. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, you're definitely more knowledgeable than I am about the mechanics of a car. But uh, my answer would have been, don't worry about it. Just start the car and go. I'm wondering if I, I don't typically wait 15 to 20 seconds, but like you know, Rick says, I have a briefcase usually when I get in my car in yeah. the morning, I put that down, my water bottle, probably takes me 10 to 15, I probably get most of that period inadvertently. Yeah. Yeah. What, so what does the allowing the oil to come to pressure, what, what does that, in your opinion, uh, do for the car? Uh, well, basically it prevents any excessive wear and tear on the engine. So. Because I mean, the oil is designed, a lot of the engines are designed now to help keep oil actually up in the engine. Mm -hmm. There are different valves that will close, spring-loaded valves. So when you shut the engine off, the oil doesn't all drain back into the pan. Uh, back in yeah. the 70s and that, you'd start an engine up and you'd actually hear it rattle until the oil got there. We, 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 we don't want to get too granular here, so yeah. I'm going to make a comment and then we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, uh, back in the day, uh, we didn't have uh, synthetic oil, which is extremely... Uh, much more fluid and it will it will uh, lubricate the engine much faster than oil from 25 30 years ago fossil oil old fossil oil uh took longer to to circulate and protect the car i think the synthetic oil certainly uh, gets in there pretty quick anyway let's move along sure and uh uh, I could be wrong about owner's manual having it in there. Maybe if if it's in the owner's manual, do what the owner's manual says. Uh, Did you warm your car up when you lived in uh, Squirrel Hill? Uh, I probably had to, but that was uh, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. It sure <laughs> Or 50 was. years ago. And the car was different and the oil was different. Okay, uh, what do we got over I here? I got some uh, texts. We can get to that. Um, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> here's one. It says, I'm looking at a Kia EV6. That's a, a little electric SUV, I believe, that uh, just came out. I see a handful at area dealers all around four to $5,000 over MSRP. Go to markups.org and, <laughs> and register that. I'm not in a hurry, so I'm curious if ordering and waiting has any impact on price. And is the price still set by the local dealer um, I pick up for delivery? I have no idea how that process works. That is a great, great question. question. And interestingly enough, in this week's automotive news, which Nancy and I both subscribe to, there's an article by Subaru saying that they encourage their dealers to take orders on cars. Now this tells me that the manufacturers don't understand what their dealers are doing. Well, of course, in Subaru's case, the dealers are pretty nice compared to other dealers. But uh, with that said, car dealers don't want to order a car for you even when they have cars in stock. Today, they don't have cars in stock and inventory, and so they really don't want to order the car why? Because it gives you too long to think about it. Uh, they want you to buy a car on emotional impulse. They don't want you to be, uh, you know, uh, thinking and researching and getting a parity pricing. They want you to come in there, fall in love with that beautiful red, uh, whatever you're buying, and 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 get all excited and sign on the dotted line and take the car home today. Puppy dog syndrome. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Car dealers bonus their salespeople for spot deliveries. A spot delivery means that a person came in today at 10 o'clock and they drove the new car home at 11.30 and, and they were still in the ether, as the car dealers say. They were still under the, uh, the trance of the new car experience. 
But if you order that car, and it's going to take two or three months, gives you a lot of time to do a lot of reading, get on the Internet, compare prices, and change your mind. And car dealers don't want to change your mind because the only way they're going to keep you in as a customer is to lower the price. So good luck, Subaru, on talking your dealers into taking orders. Uh, The only reason a dealer will accept an order is because they know they've given you such a good price that you're not going to be able to get a better price somewhere else. And there are very few dealers that will do that. So a great question. I thank you for the text. Mm, Very pertinent question. All right, here's another one. Um, and I think we know the answer th- uh, to this. Um, what is your take on the Costco auto buying service? This is from Richard up in Minnesota. Um, Speaking of cold weather. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, the Costco auto buying service, to those who don't know, uh, has a um, requirement in it for their dealers to be a certified Costco auto dealer. You have to sign a contract saying that the car you sell a Costco member will be less than the price you charge anybody else for that same car. Now, that is crazy. I mean, <laughs> the dealers don't like it. Uh, the only reason people certify themselves as Costco dealers is because they feel like they have to to be competitive because their competition are certified. But when they sign up as a Costco certified dealer, the first thing they're thinking of, how can I get around this? And most of them try. So if you're going to buy a car as a Costco member, and you should, you can join Costco for 65 bucks. I mean, my Lord, if you're not a Costco member and you're going to buy a car, you you should join because the 65 bucks is chump change compared to what it'll save you. If you're going to buy a car or a chicken. You or should a join. chicken, yeah. exactly. $4.99. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Now, uh, if you're going to do uh, uh, make the purchase, you have to still be very knowledgeable. You check the website. Got to go to the website. Register. You have to do this. Um, they require it, uh, put your name information, they'll tell you the dealers that they certify, and try to get other dealers other than the one they give you. You can call Costco and get other certified Costco dealers. Now, it's, it's not simple. First of all, a dealer doesn't have to put all his cars on the Costco contract. So if he has a car that he wants to sell you above the price that Costco wants you to sell that, he just won't put it on there. Mm-hmm. But if it's on that Costco member price sheet, he's contracted, obligated by contract. Now, he's still not going to honor that. <laughs> so you need to know that when you go into the Costco member dealership, you speak to the person that's listed as a Costco salesperson. Now, he's listed, too, his name. Insist on speaking to him, no one else. And then insist on seeing the Costco price sheet. Look at it and be sure it's the official Costco price sheet. And in our dealership, Josh is certified, and he will show you that, or the certified member will show you that. And then you uh, decide if you want to buy the car. Uh, After you buy the car, call Costco and say, this is what you paid. And they will verify that that was the listed price. And if it's not, they'll call the dealer and say, you took advantage of my member and you are going to be canceled as a Costco dealer unless you make it right or else we will find another certified dealer. So it's a great program. 
but it has to be followed carefully, and it's a little complicated to do. Am I right, Josh? You're you're dead on, and uh, the challenge nowadays is you'll find fewer and fewer dealers, or yeah. they've dropped out in this you know this crazy inventory situation. Yeah. You might find that the closest dealer could be hundreds of miles away from you now. It could be that, or the dealer just says, to, uh, "I'm going to I'm going to take advantage in spite of Costco. If they cancel me, they cancel me." But there are a lot of people that buy from Costco. And that's a huge market. If you buy from Costco, there's a good chance you can be on the Costco auto buying program. You probably will sign up uh, uh, as soon as you find out. You already signed up. So as soon as you find out about it, you'll probably go to the Costco uh, auto buying program. And if a dealer's not there, then the member go where, unless it's too far away, Mm -hmm. the member's going to go there. So uh, in our market, let me ask you, uh, how many Toyota dealers are on the... Well, it's, uh, it's it's less than there were. I can't tell you exactly. Because, um, before there was, yeah, we I, could check. Yeah. I believe there was uh, in uh, Delray. Uh, yeah. in, in Delray, they had one. Yeah. And, and going south, there was more. But uh, there are fewer now because of the uh, because it's, Costco is trying to regulate them from going too far over MSRP. Yeah, it's worth going on. If you do nothing else, find out what that price is, even if it's a long way away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awfully hard to get that price over the phone. Some dealers, very few, will give it to you. But you don't have to buy the car. But if you find out what the Costco price is, you know it's a good price. Now, today, a good price uh, for a Costco member dealer would be MSRP. Mm. So uh, if you go into a non-Costco member dealer and say, your competitor, who is a Costco dealer, will sell to me at this price, it will be MSRP, but you can show it to his competitor and maybe bring that non-Costco member mm-hmm. down to the price to meet the competition. So even if you don't buy it from a Costco dealer, it's a great tool to use to get the competitor to come down, the dealer you want to buy it from. Very, very true. All right, great, great question. Um, I have another text here, if, uh, unless we have a phone call or something. All right. No calls. Here we go. So, good morning. What is your opinion about the wisdom of buying an older car with very low mileage and using it as a daily driver? The latest candidate I have is a 1991 Toyota Camry, in very good shape appearance-wise. The car has about 36,000 miles on it. That's like nothing for a car that age. The seller is asking 12,000. I recall an article on Jalopnik a few years ago that essentially said, no, if you plan to drive the car every day, too many things can go wrong when a car sits unused for a long period of time. What is your advice? I would perform a basic maintenance on the car, have it inspected by a qualified mechanic, and drive it. Yeah. yeah. Unless there's a typo, I can't imagine a 91 Camry being anywhere close to $12,000. So, um, well, there, It's also, I don't mean to be overly paranoid about these things, but sometimes, as Joshua said, uh, you want to verify the odometer reading. Uh, a good a good technician can look at a car that's got a hundred thousand miles on it, but says it's got twelve thousand miles or whatever. Thirty six. Thirty six thousand. Yeah, it says wow. thirty six thousand, uh, and I tell you that's it's not accurate, but it could be. I mean, you never know. You never know. So check it out, and as Rick says, have it checked over by a mechanic. Uh, twelve thousand um, dollars is probably not a lot of money for a, a well maintained old car. Oh, 12000 but for 1991, it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah. essentially it shouldn't have much value at all um, just because it's... Well, because that's, it's a, that's, that's a very interesting question. It's a 31-year-old uh, car. <laughs> i tell you what, uh, how many cars can you buy for 12000 uh, that are of that description, highly reliable, 
Uh, if, if it was well maintained, and it's a good brand, and it really only has 36,000 miles, I I think 12,000, you could negotiate, but I, I think I'd pay 12,000 if I just wanted transportation. If, if I had a guarantee of the car's reliability, I, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Okay. Okay, um, we're going to go back to the phones, Josh. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marty's calling us from West Palm Beach. He's a regular caller. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How are you? Oh, well, thank you. Welcome. I just wanted to, I don't know if Earl will agree with me on this, but I put in for the Costco, I put in a Toyota Camry XLE. Oh. And Costco only gave me Al Hendrickson as, as the dealership. What's your zip code, Marty? Three three four one one. I can I can address that. They have a an XLE in their inventory currently, and, and apparently the uh, any closer dealer, maybe us included, would not have that. So they only uh, okay. direct you to a, a vehicle to a dealer that actually has the inventory. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a great question, Marty. So we uh, we can only list cars on Costco program that are in stock. It's to, it's to stop the dealers from bringing people in on cars they don't have. Wow. Mm -hmm. See, that should be changed. They should change that. And uh, we will contact Costco. It's, a, it's actually absurd today to require that because a lot of dealers only have. I mean, Al Hendrickson is a large dealer, uh, second or third largest in the United States. So he'd be inclined to have those vehicles. Uh, that'd be a great one to shop because I know he wouldn't sell it for that price. But uh, maybe he would. Maybe you would. Well, here's my other point. I happen to, I'll say maybe in my lifetime, I bought, I bought maybe 25 cars. There's nobody will let me walk out of their dealership when I've hit the price that they're willing to sell the car for. And Al Hendrickson is one I've, I've got, <laughs> I'd say, two or three cars from them. Yeah. And believe me, it was a three, four-hour ordeal, but... They didn't let me walk. If you give them the price that they're willing to take, they w they will do the deal with you. But I feel, as a good negotiator that I am, that there's no Costco. I could beat. I don't know if I could prove this to you, but I could beat a Costco price. So I don't know if you look, <laughs> Earl. I don't know if Earl will agree with me, but. For people now, there's many people that I deal with that are my friends. They hate buying a car. When's the last time um, you When's the last time you went to, to Al Hendrickson? Uh, my last car yeah. is 2020. I went February of uh, 2020. Okay, that was pre. Car I'm driving that, now. That was pre-COVID. Yeah, something happened was, in between February of 2020 and, <laughs> and now. I can't yeah, put my right, finger right, on it. Right, okay. right, right, right now. Right now. <laughs> it's a different world, and, and I, agree I, with you. I challenge. I love to. I love that'd be great. I love to have you go down this coming week, and see if you can buy that XLE for that Costco price, and see what happens. And, or try to yeah. buy it below that price. You said you said you can buy it below the price. If you can, uh, we will feature you on Earl on Cars. <laughs> <laughs> now let me tell you this: <clears throat> in February of 2020. They discounted the car $6,800. They gave me 3000 more for my trade than any other Toyota dealer in this area. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> they gave me a good deal. Now, again, 
I told them out because I had an 18 Camry that I was trading in. So as far as I'm concerned, all these there's, there's a lot of people that are that just don't want to do any work. They well, well, Marty, you know, we, we've talked we, we, we've talked about this before, and you are the best of the best. You're you're aggressive. You're smart. Uh, you know the car business, you know cost and invoices, and, and you listen to the show all the time. You're probably one of the most educated car buyers out there. Now, the, the, the reason that we have a problem with Al Hendrickson uh, is not because you can't buy a car that are cheap. <laughs> uh, it's because the little old lady that comes in right behind you will pay $20,000 more for the same car. So uh, they have a huge markup on all their cars, addendums. They have thousands of dollars in hidden fees, and God only knows what happens in the finance departments and the extended warranties and the, and the other products they sell you. So you buy a car probably below maybe even their cost or certainly below invoice, and the little old lady pays the penalty for that extra car they sold. The reason they'll sell you that extra car and break even on it or lose money on it is because they want to be number one. Now, we know, I know personally, the Hendricksons, I know I know the father, I know the son, Josh knows the son, and uh, their sworn uh, reason for being in existence is to be the largest car dealership in the world. And right now, they're number two or number three. They sell over a thousand cars, if you can imagine that, a month, new cars a month. So their mission in life is to stay in number one and or, or number three and you go to number two and number one. I'll sell Longo Toyota in Los Angeles. So if you are as good as uh, Marty, go down there and put your boxing gloves on and wear your pads and, and slug it out and you'll buy a car real cheap. But if you're not a slugger and aggressive and smart, They'll take you to the cleaners, and you will buy a car for thousands of dollars more than you should. So that's, that is the fact of almost all car dealerships. Al Hendrickson Toyota is that in space. They are, they'll sell you a car cheaper than anybody. They'll also sell you a car for more than anybody, and it depends on how tough you are. Yeah, they're very, very high pressure. Exactly. I mean, uh, I walk up and down their stairs three times before a deal could be made. And they come running out of the doorway there and come, come back. So I can tell you that, if you're not willing to do that, you're yeah. not going to buy a car there. Yeah. We ought, to, we ought to put Marty on as a, a mystery shopper you know, for just for that special type of report. We would see how far below cost you can buy a car. That would be interesting. You know what would yeah. be interesting? Well, I don't want to shop there. No. I don't want to uh, shop there. I, I worry for your safety. Buy another car there. <laughs> It would be interesting to see like how he performs in, in the seller's market we find ourselves yeah, you can't, today. You, you can't do that today, Marty, but you'll still, do, you'll still do better than anybody else, but you won't buy it below MSRP. But I just want you to know, I ordered a car from your place. Oh. told me oh. four to six months. Yeah. Well, they won't give you. me the value of my car until the new car comes in. Sure. So uh-huh. Contingent on that, then it's fine. So you've got four to six months to compare prices, so if Al beats no. us in four to six months, you want to buy it from Al. Well, Game I on. personally believe that the chip shortage is partially fabricated. Oh. I think there's so much money being made that 
it's not going to end too soon. Well, partially, uh, you're right. It is partially. I, it's mostly not, but it's partially, sure. I agree with you. All right, well, have a good day. And, you too, Marty. Uh, nice chatting with you, Marty. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, Rick has something to I just say. did a, a, just a fast search through the driving section of the owner's manual for a 21 Camry. I figured it was one of the most popular cars on the road. The only thing I could find was Toyota says, do not race a cold engine. In other words, yeah. Sit with the engine in park or neutral and step on the accelerator hard with the engine not being at operating temperature. You know, a car, <clears throat> cars are set, uh, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but the last few Lexus I've driven, uh, when I was started, uh, it would race the engine uh, uh, for a right. short period of time. The computer would. The computer yep. would. So they're saying the computer will race the engine, but they don't want you to race the engine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. They trust the computer more than they trust mm -hmm. us. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to go back to the phones. Right. We're going to Buffalo, New York, Ooh. where we're going to talk to Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, team. Thank you for taking my call and the listeners. Good morning. Earl, thank you for... You, Earl, you and your team, thank you for empowering people. Like Marty says, you, you're out there training people or teaching people if they want to learn how to take care of themselves, not to be taken advantage. That's very nice of you to do, you and your team. Thank also, you. Also, also, I wonder, at the Florida Car Dealer Association's dinner, do they ever allow you to go? Because you tell things that I'm sure most car dealers don't want the, the public to know about. I think that's very kind of you. No, at the dinner, however, I do have a taster for my food, and uh, <laughs> and I do wear a Kevlar vest. I don't think it's uh, nice that you have Nancy taste your food. <laughs> you know, with, with Agent Lightning and everything else, it's, it's, uh, and what Marty says, and, and what you said about uh, my wife is, would go in there and keep it like a doormat, just say yes to everything and then just walk right out and not put any effort into well, trying to research things. Most people do. Um, <laughs> you know, that's human. And people are nice, you know. Nice people get taken advantage of. And uh, that happens. And car dealers have been making a fortune with that fact of human nature. People are trusting. When they hire their salespeople, they look for honest-looking, trusting people with a nice smile and dress nice. And, and you know, they're, they know that if you like somebody, you trust them, and you pay too much for the product. Right. Well, I, I know it's not a good time to buy a car, but I have a 12-year-old car now, and I'm thinking about buying either like a 4Runner or a Sequoia, and I know you don't want to do an infomercial, <laughs> but my understanding is they're changing their platform for next year, the engine platform specifically. Is that true? Josh will answer. Well, I, there's... Um yeah, the 2023 Sequoia is definitely um, re resigned and coming out later this year, and there'll, there'll be a two versions, a gas and a hybrid version of the Sequoia. Um, I don't have any like concrete facts on the Forerunner yet, but rumor has it that it'll it'll kind of be going in that direction, like the Kevin, Tundra and the Sequoia. Yeah, Toyota and all the manufacturers play it kind of uh, close to the vest with new product. They like it to be a surprise, and. Uh, they don't even tell the dealers until they know it's going to be leaked. And when they tell the dealers, they tell the dealers not to tell anybody. <laughs> and that's always a joke. And, 
Uh, so, uh, but yeah, they uh, usually we will see a press release. We'll see the press. We'll get hold of the facts, uh, or at least somebody like Jalopnik or somebody mm-hmm. gets the information before the dealers. We find out from our customers sometimes about a new product. So true, yeah, so true. But yeah, everyone's excited. The Forerunners is w- long overdue for uh, for an update. Um, it's, I, it's it's been basically the same car for a dozen years now. Hmm. Because if they go to a new major update, not just changing the window tint or something, it takes a while to get the nooks and crannies out of the new product before it really comes dependable, I think. So yeah. that's the right concern. Yeah, a lot of people like to wait till the second year. You know, in my opinion, I mean, Toyota probably does eight, nine years of R&D on these vehicles before mm-hmm. they ever hit the road. So, yeah, um, but, you know, do each their own. All righty, team. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Kevin. I hope it's warm in Buffalo. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Always it was great hearing from you. I'm always warm when I listen to Earl Stewart. <laughs> Thank you. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. We still have a whole lot to get to. We have, uh, we're looking forward to one more female caller. One more female caller. I have $50 for you. He'll give us a call. Josh? We got some uh, anonymous feedbacks I can get to. Uh, this one, uh, I think we were talking about this earlier, right before the show started. Uh, I watched Rick's video on poor gas mileage, and my 2004 BMW 325i only got 15 miles per gallon since I bought it five years ago. I cleaned the mass airflow sensor, and I'm getting around 30 plus. It never threw a fault code for anything, including oxygen sensors. So I, I, uh, that's a, uh, Rick is doing a service to the community. Well, that's that's amazing. I mean, uh, I know it makes Rick feel good, and uh, and of course the advice of their own cars is uh, go online if you got a problem with a car, and uh, put in your type, your year, make, model car, and your problem, and it will it will show you various sources. In this case, it probably showed uh, this person uh, with his BMW, uh, Rick's YouTube, and think about it. They're fortunately they're. Nobody as good as Rick out there, but there are a lot of people that do what Rick does, and a lot of people post, uh, just regular owners post. In this case, Rick, uh, being a 25-year-old certified diagnostic master technician, uh, he probably has more expertise than most. But just finding the real-life experience, I can't tell you how Google has changed my life and Nancy's life. It cracks me up uh, when we have a conversation now. Uh, half the time we look at the other person we're talking to them and they have their smartphone in their hand and I, th- I think she's not paying attention to me what she's doing is she's googling what I'm talking about or I'm googling what she's talking about I was looking up a French scientist last night yeah so so anyway <laughs> if you got a problem uh, you can listen to Earl and Cars you can go to EarlandCars.com uh, or you can go to Google and just do your problem. You'll end up with somebody like Rick that will help solve your problem. And you don't have to take one word for it because there'll be a series of people. What I do is I, I see I almost always find my topic, and then I look for a consensus. And if I if I see two or three poor, two or three people, typically Google's very smart. They put the good replies up toward the top anyway, and and you read two or three, four of the top replies, and you know what your your problem solved, Rick. One of my favorite resources are what are called forums, where it's, and you'll find these for everything from knitting to dog owners to car owners, and especially car clubs for specific models and even year ranges of cars. And 
you will find people on there that are just completely 100% willing to help you with anything that you might have with your car. And the way to find the forum is to go is put your through, car right in. through Google. Yeah, go through Google with, yep. uh, with the with the problem. If you say I have a Subaru such and such model and it uh, it's getting bad gas mileage, uh, it'll show you not only the forum, it'll probably well, show the, you other discussions. Right. Well, the place that I would start to say uh, say you've got a Subaru Outback, I would say Subaru Outback car owner forums oh. and go to those forums and then search in that for that particular problem. Are they, are they all called forums or are they? Yeah. Most of them are called forums, forums yeah, okay. and because it's it's a, a specific setup for, you know, for anyone that's had, for whatever problem. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm in them for drone clubs, uh, for, I, I do it for different cars that I've seen issues with. Yeah. I'll go in those forums to look for a problem, you know, and it, and you'd be amazed at how helpful it is and how much information you can find. Okay, we got any more text over there? Oh, yeah. uh, we're going to go back to the phones first. Okay. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk to uh, Mimi, who's calling us from West Palm Beach, and uh, she's called us before. Good morning, Mimi. Welcome back. Good morning. Thank you for taking the call. It's nice to hear your voices. I'm enjoying your show so much. Uh, thank you. This is a very basic question. Um, the 2008 um, Dodge van that uh, I still have it. Um, the engine is uh, occasionally. After I had the tune-up, it worked really, really well. But um, I noticed that it started hesitating again. In the, I guess it was about six months ago. I had that tune-up within six months, and um, it started hesitating a little. I'm on 90, 95, and then the engine light went on. So I backed down on the um, gas let it catch up, and then um, the engine light went off. So I talked to my friend who helps me with the car, and he said, well, it has to stay on for us to take it to the mechanic. And I was wondering why. Rick? No. Uh, some, there are certain things that will occur that will cause the check engine light to come on and then turn back off when the computer sees that problem stop. However, it will store in memory what it saw so that you can go to the mechanic. They can pull that information and find out <coughs> excuse me, what happened. So I would go to the go to the Dodge dealer. Or you don't me. you don't even have to go to the Dodge dealer. I think I think you can go Sorry. to a, you can go to a place that'll check it free, right? Right. Uh, she got a two thousand eight, so they that information should be stored in the memory of the computer. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay. The last time I went to the dealer, um, it they uh, they charged two hundred and twenty five dollars or something, and they said I needed a hydraulic something and a uh, ABS sensor, which they didn't have because that light has been going on forever, and they said there's a shortage in the chips, so they don't have any. Mm -hmm. and they're going to call me when they get it. The hydraulic part, I tried to ask the service person. She was brand new, and I don't think she knew what anything really was. So when I asked her what's that for, she said she really wasn't sure, maybe something to do with the brakes. So when it comes to hydraulics, could that have something to do with the accessibility? Because um, it's a, one of those conversion vans. Uh, that's unlikely, very unlikely. Um, 
because ABS and the engine on those models that that year were pretty well separate. They'd have their own computer. Each one had its own controls. Um, an issue with the engine is going to be something very different from something to do with the brakes. Uh, okay. Okay. I think Mimi is mainly worried about the drivability and the safety. Uh, right. Uh, in, in terms of emissions or any kind of uh, sensors, uh, I don't think uh, that's a concern for her right now. But uh, if she were to go to uh, uh, Pep Boys or someplace and, and they were to put the uh, tool on their diagnostic tool, it would be able to diagnose it stored in the computer. Yes. Yeah. So just go to, go to Pep Boys uh, or else another place you could go. Uh AutoZone, the parts stores will at least give you the code, uh, but you'd want to have someone that can diagnose it, yeah. what that code is, interpret it for you. Yeah, try Pet Boys. Is there Pet yeah. Boys near you? Yeah, they're all over the place. I'm sure yeah. I can find one. Yeah, they'd be less um, expensive. I used to go to them years ago with the Grand Marquis. They kept it alive for a few mm. years for me. What um, what I was thinking of is that this, this sensor or part that the uh, dealership couldn't get because of the problem uh, is that something that's dangerous that they don't have an ABS well what will happen if, if the ABS system computer detects any sort of problem with its with its systems it will simply shut down the ABS and you'll be driving a vehicle with normal brakes okay what, what you just is, wouldn't have ABS is the sensor is a sensor light related to emissions yeah. no no okay Okay. No, this this is an ABS system problem. Uh, okay. what, like what she's saying okay. is probably a wheel speed sensor. So it could be serious. Uh, and she yeah, that, because yeah. that brakes are obviously always a serious issue because of yeah. the safety concern of it. However, it's not a system that is going to put you in a dangerous situation per se. It's just you won't have the anti-lock brakes. You would have to be on the brakes yourself. And if you started to skid, you would actually have to control the brakes yourself. Well, that'd be dangerous. You wouldn't be able to rely could, on the I, ABS I got to check. You get it checked out right away, Mamie. Take it to uh, Pet Boys and get it checked out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I said the dealer, they just said, you know, we can't get it for you. And uh, we'll call you when it comes in. Well, that was a while ago. Well, you're getting a second opinion. <laughs> exactly. And, and it might be available now, and you might not need it. So uh, I, I would always, uh, anything that's going to be an expensive repair, I would want to get at least one, preferably two opinions. So get another opinion for Pet Boys and uh, yeah, let, let us know what they say. Yeah, I don't $200 to look at your car. It's probably less, right? Like 50 yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, sounds good. Now, what's with the hydraulic thing? What was that that they were thinking of putting in? I, I really couldn't tell you without seeing the, the receiver paperwork to give me an idea of what parts you're talking about. Because there's oh. the, the whole brakes are basically everything in your brakes are hydraulic. So that could oh. be anything in the whole system. Mimi, you definitely sound like an co educated consumer. Give us a call back and let us know how uh, okay, it I went will. for you. Get those Thank two you other very bids. Much. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Oh, bye bye. You're quite welcome. Uh, we're going to go uh, to uh, Frank in Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Hey, Frank. Good morning to you all. Good morning. Good morning. Um, it's always great listening to your show because I was going to call you and I said, well, you almost told me what to do, and I'm on my computer. I have a Ford F-150 2018, and it's on now. It's on its third battery with 27,000 miles, but that's besides the point. I 
might have spoke to you about it last week. Um, it was under warranty when they put the battery in, but because it's on the three-year warranty, even though the battery is only a few months old or a year, they won't touch it. So I had to go buy a new battery. And if the battery disconnected, I believe something occurred with my running boards. I have um, It's a King Ranch. So when we open the door, these running boards come out and give you a nice way to get in or out, out of the truck. And so I'm trying to figure out if you, um, uh, obviously, um, I know you got Toyotas, but I figured it must be some sort of reprogramming now that the battery's been replaced, that it lost its memory. And I've been trying to find that online, but um, everything I saw was, you know, that it didn't lubricate it or the, the motors were worn out, and that's not the issue with such low mileage. And it's just simply they just don't have, the, the, how should I say, the sense to know the door's open and they should come out. Right. Any um, suggestions? Okay, is there a control switch anywhere for them? No, uh, it's all basically automatically when the doors open or the doors close. When the doors close, they retract. When they open the door, they come out. Okay, so. here's what I would try just as a just shade tree mechanic quick check thing. Make sure all the doors on the vehicle are completely closed, nice and tight. And then disconnect the negative side of the battery, count to 30, and reconnect it. And then wait about a minute and let everything kind of get the computer systems all back to uh, firing up again and then try it and see if that corrects the problem. Quite often, if they've disconnected the battery and the door was open when they disconnected it, it may cause uh, the computer to con get confused. And even though the, the boards would have retracted, they may not, you know, get the right signals to uh, to start operating again because they're going to be safeguards That works on, on everything. When in doubt, reboot. That's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would I would try that first, and then if that doesn't work, uh, Google reinitialization of the power oh. running boards and right see now. if there's anything up there on that. First, Google how to spell reinitialization. <laughs> so you, you put that on your cell phone, yeah. it comes up after a few typing. <laughs> Well, thank, thank you very much. Yeah, that is a good call. Uh, and Frank, uh, it's not a day that goes by that uh, Earl and I don't reboot something in our home. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> one, one, go one quick thing. One, one very quick thing. Yeah. When I got the batteries, they have some that are four-year warranties or five-year warranties, and it's a, like a $100 difference. And my question to them, what's the what's uh, change in price? And... Um, their answer was because the four-year batteries are used from recycled lead because it's so expensive now to get the, the new lead, um, the freshly mined lead. But the freshly mined lead ones are the one they can give five years on. Of course, that necessitates the price. Does that's that a, seem that's, logical? That's a very suspicious-sounding answer to me. I, I, would, I would Google that. <laughs> I, I, don't, okay. I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> that sounds like a very smart uh, battery salesman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway. All right, guys. You have a great weekend, as always. Thank you, Frank. It's always great to hear from you. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Jupiter, where Dana is holding, and she is wow. a first-time caller. A lot of female callers. Wow, you're doing a good job. Oh, Dana could you. be a man. We don't know. <laughs> I like hearing that. Good morning, Hi. Dana. Uh, good morning. I was calling. I, I happened to be in the car and heard your show, and I said, let me call in. I have two questions for you. I have, from your dealership, a Toyota Prius 2013, and it has a ventilation system. So it keeps the car off in the hot sun. 
I never have to use those stupid sunshades. And now I understand you don't have that feature anymore. Is it coming back? Not to my knowledge, I I, lo- I had a Prius with the uh, with the solar roof package and uh, and the fact that it would just automatically ventilate the car, but it wouldn't like cool it so much, but keep it at the ambient temperature, so it didn't blast you in the face with 150 degree air <laughs> in oh, the middle of summer right. when you open the door. Um, great feature. Right. Um, unfortunately, it's not currently available, but um, I'll be happy to do some research and and uh, and see if there's something probably, coming probably down the pipe. It's probably only popular in the Sun Belt states <coughs> and probably a lot of parts. Remember, uh, manufacturers sell cars all over the world, and when they come up with an option, accessory, uh, they have to look at the overall picture. So mm-hmm. uh, for in Florida, we, you know, we we love certain cars. We miss our convertible so much. We have the Solara convertible, which was popular in Florida, but you know if you live in Buffalo, New York, you're not likely to buy a convertible. And I suppose other parts of the world, too. But I I, we liked that. We thought it was kind of cool, too, and it worked great in Florida. I mean, I joke with people that I don't think I'm ever going to get a new car because I love this feature so much. <laughs> and, and your and guys, you know, the car is fantastic. It works great, and I, you know, I don't see a reason to get rid of it. Hmm. But I get your letters all the time asking about trade-ins, <laughs> and I'm just very content. So I don't think I'm going to do anything. I don't blame you. I yeah. don't blame you, Danny. If you love it, ah, hang on to that car. If, if, when you love a car today <laughs> and you like driving it, hang on to it. The worst time in the world yeah. would be to don't listen to uh, my ah, mailers ah. about trying to lure you in. Uh, I want to buy your Prius. It's uh, I, I do want to buy your Prius, but uh, if you love it, keep it. You're in the driver's seat, Dana. I would, I would be remiss if I didn't yeah, mention though. Say hi to your doggy. <laughs> Say hi to your doggy for me. <laughs> She's on her way to the vet, so uh, uh, oh, don't. So she, she's happy. Don't she's tell her where you're taking life. her. Don't tell her where you're taking her. <laughs> and if she doesn't mind, as long as she's in her car seat, she's a happy girl. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, my other question for you is: My brother-in-law has on order a Rav4 hybrid from your dealership. Mm-hmm. He ordered it, I think, in December or January. Mm. How are those things coming along? Wow. Uh, slow <laughs> yeah the t- the timeline you know four to six months back then it's probably more it's six months even plus nowadays depends on the model and and sometimes cars do come available that were you know spoken for and someone backs out so true um you know it's you know it's so hard to give an accurate um time frame nowadays and then you know some, then there'll be new news about a factory reducing production that could you know further delay things so um I, I think that their uh his initial timeline should still be pretty accurate um you know the you know and, four, four and to six months it's a, good, it's a good idea to check and i one of the things that i bug um you know josh and, and the other people that are active in the dealership every day about is keep in touch with those customers because today uh, all of our customers have ordered cars mm-hmm. and you, you you signed in for a lot of money on a new car and you think about it a lot. Uh, you know, we we sell 300 cars a month, and so we don't think about all the cars the way we should. So call, ask your salesperson, and get a current update. And if if, if he doesn't get your current update, call me or call Josh, and we'll give you the update. But yeah, it's it's frustrating. I don't blame you for wondering, or your or your brother. Yeah, yeah. Well, both of them. <laughs> yeah, my well, I'll tell you, my brother-in-law mentioned to me yesterday that he did call and he hadn't gotten a call back, so please be sure to call him back. I've heard that before. Josh is blushing right now because we're guilty yeah, of that. We'll take and care of it. we're very sorry. We will call him back yeah. today. 
definitely. That would be right, because, you know, uh, I, I brought him to your dealership when they became snowbirds. They said, you got to get your new car here. And they did buy a car just before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, but they want to trade it in and get this new, the hybrid. Uh, my brother-in-law was a long-time hybrid dealer. He had a, the very first Highlander hybrid in Brooklyn, uh, New York. And Wait, he had it for a million years. Shut that dog up, will you? <laughs> <laughs> he actually the car, his original hybrid, to my niece. So that car is still going strong. Hey, I, think, hey, Dana. I think he wants to t uh, talk to me. <laughs> Does he, he doesn't have yeah. a car. Dana, no. what, a, what a great call. Yeah. We we not only have you, but we have the dog, and the dog can represent yeah. Big Dog Ranch, who you, were, you know and, we're part of. And you were of. able to yeah. get me some constructive criticism <laughs> of my own dealership, which uh, really got Josh worried. And uh, the salesman is going to be even more worried when I get hold of him. So thanks again for the call. Dana. Well, thank you so much. You be best. Everybody at your dealership, you're right. Oh. Be well. <laughs> yeah, it's, I gotta go. <laughs> Dana, Take thank care. you. Bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> now, we, we, know, we know that was a genuine call, right? That was, We couldn't have faked that call. You can't uh, make that up. Yeah. Dog barking. Hey, um, uh, uh, Josh, I have a quick question mm -hmm. for you. I was asked about the Prius. Uh, it, would there be a new Would there be a redesign on the Prius for 2023? I don't believe for 2023, but um, not too far. Usually, the the cars are changing, you know, re being redesigned every five to six years. So it'll be 2024 probably. I've got 2024. Okay. I've, I've got unless you have a caller. I do. Okay. Okay, we're going to go to Charles, uh, and uh, he's in West Palm Beach. And uh, good morning, Charles. Good morning. Actually, I'm in North Palm. But um, I'm calling about the idling law, and I'm fascinated by that because I've been bugged for a long time about all the carbon that gets emitted, mm -hmm. waiting for the Parker, PGA, Donald Ross bridges, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, and um, also the amount of time that the bridge tenders seem to take getting the bridge back down again. Um, seldom do I ever see a vessel that's still uh, within eyesight after the bridge comes down, um, seems a very cautious approach to that. Um, just thinking about uh, people wanting to take early retirement and how much money they might be able to uh, acquire simply by walking out and taking a picture of all the cars that are idling at the bridges. <laughs> I always put I always put my window down and turn off the engine. We have to get um, Ashley Moody. You have to get Ashley Moody to put the bounty out. Uh, the uh, governor of New York put the bounty out. It's a federal law now. I think I don't think you would get paid by the federal government. It has to be a, uh, a nut like the uh, attorney general in New York. I'm not sure, but or the uh, governor. I'm not sure which. But uh, yeah, that, you're right. I I'd, I'd be out there myself. I mean, uh, you can make a fortune. People lined up. Nobody turns their engines off. You take a video. And you get you get your bounty money. I mean, it, it's it's deviously effective for something that's stupid. But I mean, I'm sure that people will start not idling their cars, but it'll create more chaos. I'm curious. Is I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're, you're, well, I mean, it just bothers me that people yeah. don't turn their engines off. Oh yeah. I counted somewhere between seven and a half and eight and a half minutes for a normal uh, bridge closure. And you multiply that by two, and, and et cetera, et cetera. There's an awful lot of uh, excess 
fuel being burned and um, carbon being emitted as a mm. result of that. Maybe somebody ought to get on the stick. Well, well Charles, you're, 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 you and a lot of people have the same concern. Um, the point, the contra point I took earlier from when the call came in from John from Palm City uh, was the fact that uh, when you have a long line of cars, and boy, in South Florida these days, we got a lot of long line of cars. We have a lot of bridges, and when those bridges go up, uh, you know, I, for me to get, and Nancy to get to places where we want to go, we have to go over at least three bridges, at least. Now, if you're in a hurry, you have a doctor's appointment or whatever you might have, you might have an intestinal problem. If you're in a hurry and, uh, and the bridge goes up, uh, and everybody turned their engine off. Uh, statistically, and I'm a mathematical kind of a minded guy, statistically, someone's not going to be able to start their car. So you all turn your engines off, one or two cars won't start, and now, besides the bridge, you got to wait till they get that car that won't start out of line. Police would come by. You could be there for an hour or two. So I think from a practical standpoint, in certain areas, it doesn't make sense. But I hear you. A huge amount of carbon pollution happens from idling cars. There's no question about that. I just think putting a bounty on it to uh, encourage people to stop doing that is 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 a little bit too far. But difference of opinion is what makes a horse race. So I, I respect your opinion, Charles. Well, I think maybe what will happen is when all the cars have this automatic shutoff when you turn when you stop somewhere True. for a little while, <laughs> the problem will really exacerbated. Uh, well, you're right. You're right. I, your, your point is well taken. I appreciate the call very much. Yeah, thank you, Charles. Give us a call again. I will. Have a Bye. great weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, we are getting close to the mystery shop. I believe that okay. Josh is going to wrap things up well, for well, us. Well, I got one. I wanna, I, do you have oh. the anonymous feedback on the spot delivery? Yes, I do. I okay, could. read that one, because that's, that's very important. Okay, um, I believe this is the one you're referring to. Purchased a car last Wednesday, drove off the lot, brand new. I had a trade-in. Everything was settled until I got a call the following Monday or Tuesday from the dealership saying that they needed proof of income. Um, they have been uh, lax with their approach, seemingly not caring too much about me um, getting that to them. I'm working on getting the proof of income, my last uh, paycheck stuff. My question is, why would the dealership let me drive off in a brand new car, take in my trade, and then call me back requesting something almost a week later? I signed all the paperwork at the dealership. Should I be worried about the status of my financing or giving up the vehicle? Okay, I'm glad you're listening because this is an extremely important question. Uh, the, uh, we've talked earlier about spot deliveries, of puppy dogging. All car dealers try to get you to take the car you're thinking about buying home. Uh, and they would really like it when you sign the paperwork. Now, uh, oftentimes they ask you to sign the paperwork before your credit is approved. This can happen more often on weekends or evenings when the banks uh, are not open. So dealers take a chance that your credit will be approved, or sometimes they premeditatedly uh, will get you to sign on a lower payment knowing that you're going to have to put more money down. There's a lot of devious, evil ways that they want to have you take that car home. The message is, don't ever do it. Always wait until your credit is approved. Now, the good news, and I hope you're listening, uh, because the good news is there's some case law in Florida that says that if you have the paperwork signed and you deliver the product and your person takes the product home, you are the financer. Now, actually, 
and the way other the way it's been interpreted in the past i don't want to get too legal here was that the bank is the the bank or the credit union is the lender that really is the case the bank or the credit union is a lender and the, that's the reason the dealers trick you into thinking you have to come back because the bank turned you down i would recommend that you have your attorney check the case law on spot deliveries and there is case law supporting the fact that the dealer made the decision to deliver the car and you get to keep it and then you make your payments to the dealer now you may have and you may probably sign something called a rescission agreement that's what the dealer got you to sign probably didn't even know you signed it to cover his fanny because it says that he's not the lender and that if your credit is not approved you must bring the vehicle back and if you don't bring the vehicle back they're going to charge you some obscene amount of money 50 cents a mile or something like that and you have x number of days and a lot of terrible threats if you don't bring the car back a quick letter or call from your attorney may solve your problem and i think if the dealer calls his attorney he'll realize that if he fights us in court because the case law supports you he might say okay keep the car and then they'll do what they have to do to either sell the contract to the lender or they'll actually have to finance the car themselves. Very good. Thank you very much. And so many outrageous stories out there that yeah. you hear. It's, uh, I, I have one uh, quickly about a credit union. Um, here's a consumer uh, who uh, is looking to finance uh, her vehicle uh, to borrow some money and she's got a 840 beacon score. And guess what, folks? She was turned down for financing. You talk about things falling through the cracks. It happens every day. Earl's story with the, the anonymous feedback, mine. Um, uh, like I said earlier, knowledge is an opportunity. Keep your eyes open and uh, buyer beware. We're going to our mystery shopping report. We're back out in uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, you are an important part of the mystery shopping report. We ask you to vote. You can do so at 772-497-6530. We're going out to Sendell Motors Subaru of Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, Sendell Subaru, Greensburg, Pennsylvania. We've done that twice. Um, Our shopper. Agent Lightning is uh, out there visiting family. And so we take advantage of that fact. Second shop in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Who ever thought, you folks, dealers in Greensburg, that Earl and Cars would reach all the way and shop you twice in a row? The good news is the first shop was a pretty good shop. Uh, we were able to draw the contrast uh, between the mildly pleasant and non-threatening car shopping experience up north in Pennsylvania, Midwest, uh, and I love Stu's uh, adjectives here, uh, soul-boiling anguish. Mm. He likes to come I like up. That. He's a, he should be a writer. He's a writer. <laughs> that is the reality of South Florida car shoppers. The thing is, most car shoppers in South Florida are unaware of their souls and are being boiled by car dealers because it's been done for so long, and it's been done everywhere. It's normal here. This is the Sodom and Gomorrah, as I said early in the show. And I explained early in the show, it... It's always grouped, it's always uh, regional. Uh, One bad apple can start it, and it spreads like a cancer, and then it becomes uh, survival, it becomes self-preservation. If you're a business, and your competitor, very close by, 
is successfully cheating their customers, which could be your customers, what are you going to do? Are you going to go out of business? Oh, you might call Ashley Moody, and she'll, she's the Attorney General in Florida. Uh, she'll ignore it. They can call the manufacturer. They'll ignore it. There's a lot of apathy about what dealers do. The funny thing is, when you, when you cheat your customers and you get away with it and you sell a whole lot of cars, the manufacturers, they might pay lip service to saying you shouldn't do that, but in reality, they're selling you a lot of cars and you've heard the old expression, follow the money. Drawing back the curtain and showing our local audience what's possible in other places may be what South Florida needs to wake up and say, no more. Okay. Back to Greensburg. Not only does Agent Lightning have a lot of friends and relatives up there, they all seem to buy new cars these days. That's good. Uh, last week, that was a little strange because I don't think it's a good time to buy new cars, but who listens to me? Last week, it was her mother-in-law. This week, it's her best friend from childhood. That's really nice. Named Alicia. So Agent Lightning's best friend, Alicia, is in the market for a new Subaru, WRX. Never heard of that, but... It's probably a good vehicle. What kind of what is a WRX? It's Subaru. It's a uh, I know it's a Subaru. Little four door sedan. Okay, but they're kind of a yeah. uh, zippy okay, race car. She she currently owns a 2019 and loves it. She wants to trade it in on a new 2022 model. Agent Lightning agreed to go along to the dealership as her wingman. Boy, that's really cool, you know. I mean, having Agent Lightning. I was thinking we could put her. We could broker her. I mean. You yeah. want to hire Agent Lightning to go in with you? Like 500 an hour. Kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> we could make money from the brokerage fee, and we get a mystery shopping report. And, uh, Split well, the savings with the customer. We can Explore that, yeah. <laughs> Here's a report speaking in the first person as if I were Agent Lightning. Alicia and I arrived at Sindel Motor Subaru mid-morning and were quickly greeted by a salesman named Kevin. Alicia told him she was looking to replace her 2019 WRX with a new 2022 model, preferably in white. Kevin actually hung his head when he said he was so sorry to inform us that he had zero new vehicles in stock. Interesting, he would actually hung his head. Do you think he... Really, I mean... What a visual. I like that. He was shamed. Yeah. I asked him how they're selling cars if they have none. Great question. He said... Every sale is in order, and if my friend had enough time, she could get exactly what she wants. That's a good sign. Because mm-hmm. usually in South Florida, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, the few cars they have, they will tell you why you really don't want the car you thought you wanted, you really want this one, and they'll shove you in the car so they can make a ton of money, but not so in Greensburg. Uh, Alicia took control of the conversation. Uh, and told Kevin she wanted to, would like to speak with someone in finance because she has some questions. Kevin said he'd get someone for her, offered her some Starbucks coffee and water. Mm-hmm. He came back about four minutes later and explained that Josh in finance was working with a customer, but would join us shortly. Kevin asked if we had any questions for him while we waited. Alicia asked uh, about her trade. She wanted to know when she would find out uh, what her appraisal value is. You can see the control going on yeah. down here. Okay, give me the finance information. Uh, give me the appraisal. I mean, totally in control. Runs in the family. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin said if she gave him the keys, she could get his manager to appraise it right now. She handed them over. We chatted while we waited for the appraisal and for the finance guy, Josh. Kevin told us he'd never seen it this bad, referring to the inventory. He said his dealership's monthly sales quota was only 18 cars a month. Wow. That is a 
That's sad. Yeah, a small dealer anyway. Uh, uh, dealers in South Florida, I mean, our quota is what, 250 or this month or something like that? Yeah, 200 is our, is our 200. He also told us that Sindel Motor Subaru was one of the few dealerships in the area that was not doing additional markups. They're capping prices of MSRP. Now, that brings a tear to my eye. I mean, that's, that's a good thing, right? Uh, I'll just read on. Just then Josh appeared, we followed him to his office and sat down. Alicia explained to him that she'd filed for bankruptcy two and a half years ago. Now, of course, that's a red flag. That's going to affect things, bankruptcies. Her credit score had since recovered in the mid-700s, and she wanted to discuss the potential impact of this on her hypothetical loan. That's a very good question. Mm -hmm. Alicia, Alicia tried super finance directly to no avail. Interesting. So, a lot of banks and credit unions, I think, have looked differently upon bankruptcies now. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Subaru Finance did not. Uh, she has paid Subaru perfectly, and they were not included in the bankruptcy. Now, that's very good. That's even more interesting Excellent. why Subaru Finance would not want to find this. Uh, Josh told her he would get in touch with Subaru Finance on her behalf, and that she should have no issues. Okay, good since she was good with Subaru. Kevin had wor had worksheet and, and a word from us when we got back to his desk. MSRP was 40039 Now this is where, uh, this is a little disturbing. I mean, he said they capped their price at MSRP. Mm -hmm. The selling price was $40,039. We're off to a good start. Then they added $422 documentary fee and eight hundred ninety-nine dollars for Zurich Shield. I googled Zurich. In fact, you can Google Zurich Shield. What's up with that? Uh, you can buy Zurich. It's a sealant. You, you can buy a can of it for thirty bucks, and they're, they're going to charge you for eight ninety-nine. Now, the installation is very complicated. You have to put it on yourself. <laughs> so, for a thirty-dollar can of Zurich Shield, they'll put it on for nine hundred dollars, and then they're going to uh, charge you a four hundred twenty-two dollar documentary fee. Uh, which is not just a hidden fee, which is just a dealer fee. So uh, basically, we're looking at uh, $1,321, the real price, and they said the real price was MSRP. Okay, so in South Florida parlance, in terms, it's not a bad price. It's uh, There are better prices. We're seeing more and more dealers that are selling prices near to MSRP, we're seeing virtually no dealers that are selling them at MSRP. Don't like it when they say they're selling them at MSRP when they're not, but this was the case here. Uh, Kevin also hand wrote a payment, interest rate quote, $550 for a month, 72 months at 5.59%. I'll ask Josh, is that a reasonable price for 72 months today? Uh, in the mid fives? Mid fives. I mean, I don't know how the bank is going to handle the recent bankruptcy, yeah. but that, it sounds a bit well, high for a uh, credit score in the mid-70s. Well, this is Subaru Finance. Yeah. It, so so she could probably shop that. I, I would recommend shopping that yeah. rate. Okay. Well, Nancy was right because she said the same thing. I thought with a bankruptcy two years ago, it would affect, uh, but not that much. Alisa told Kevin she needed to think about it, so she collected that paperwork and we left. As we drove, we talked about the deal, even with the extra she was taking so she, she recommended. So Agent Lightning recommends she take the deal. I did tell her that this was 
uh, nothing compared to what I see in South Florida, which is true. So everything is relative. I myself would have told her to shop it with another Subaru dealer or two. Uh, Subaru dealers are better on the average than other make cars, and I would have shopped it. But uh, she's not going to get her two bed. Worse would be $1,321, and she might get a little better interest. Mm-hmm. Alicia made up her mind to do the deal, so we turned around, head back to the dealership. We found Kevin, and Alicia ordered the car. So kind of a cool shopping report. We actually bought a car, indirectly, but we actually bought a car. And there we are, and we have to vote on it, and we have a little bit of time left. So let's see how the votes come in. All right. I don't have any uh, on the texting just yet, but anything coming in on YouTube? Not so far. Come on, folks. Let's have those votes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give a grade. I'm going to yeah. give. I'm not going to give them an A or an, or an A minus. Uh, I'm going to give them a B minus. I, I, I would, uh, I would say they're certainly good in, in South Florida terms, but uh, it, it disturbed me that the salesman said, "I will sell it to you for MSRP." That's the selling price. The selling price is the price that you pay, plus tax and tag. The selling price is not the price you pay with hidden fees. Hidden fees are part of the price, and you have to tell the truth when you're talking to your customers. You'll never get through to them, Dad. You'll never get through. I guess not. <laughs> but, but never, don't give up. Uh, we have uh, Mark came in uh, with a C, very informed buyer, smiley face. Uh, Frank gives them uh, a B, says nothing, uh, compared to South Florida especially, yeah, that's yeah, a B. Yeah, it is, yeah. I totally agree with that. Personally, um, I'm, I'm with you, Dad. I think uh, a, a B minus is is fair. The uh, the fact right. that yes, they are 1,300 over MSRP technically, but in this market, that's you know that's almost a, a hero price. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I you know, I give them I give them a B minus. Exactly, and plus Subaru is a good vehicle, and they have a very short supply. And remember, you're going to order the car, and uh, I wish I'd have thought of this when I read the report. Uh, when you're ordering the car, you still can shop around, mm-hmm. and you can still change your mind. I think this dealer would allow you to. So I'm gonna through Agent Lightning. We will tell her to call her sister Alicia, her best friend Alicia, and tell her that take her price even now because it's going to take her several months to get the car, and, and talk to some other Subaru dealers, and maybe even try the Costco auto buying program. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got uh, Negan one with. See your way out of the dealership. <laughs> Brian Sidlatko, give them a B. Mark Ryan, B. Wayne Vite, C minus. Tom Steckel, B minus. Don't like the eight ninety nine for the paint protection. Tim in Florida, B. Zurich Shield, love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Cram sixteen twenty four. Your rule. Shop two or three more dealers. D. Mm. Ooh, Graham giving them the hardball. You know, uh, it, might, it might be a D in, in Pennsylvania, but uh, it's not a D in Florida. Yeah. So. yeah. No, well, it's, you know, we're Myself, talking, talking uh, apples and oranges. Uh, Bob uh, asked a question, and I think this was, uh, might have been skipped. Uh, he asked about the trade-in. Um, they, they gave her twenty eight five for her 2019 WR, uh, WRX, which seems to be a fair value I, um, compared yeah, to what the, was showing on Mannheim. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have to say, I think uh, I agree with uh, a, a few of us that said that she should really shop around. Um, you got time to do just that. Uh, this is kind of a high price for the uh, Subaru, and 
uh, I, I believe it's a sedan. I'm not. I'm not positive. I know there's a sports car. There's a. Rick said it's a four-door sedan. It yeah. is a sedan. Like a sporty sedan. It's sporty. They have the, a sports the WRX car. is actually the World Rally Experimental, and the STI version is Subaru Technica International, and basically it's a little four-door race car. Yeah. They're extremely we're, fast. Yeah, okay. they, they talk we're about running, a sports car. I'm going to go real fast because we're running out of time. I'm going to give them a, a C. Okay. Uh, one last thing I wanted to get in. I wanted to do something. Jonathan went to a lot of trouble for some uh, uh, displays on the camera. <coughs> I haven't got time to do the detail on that, but I do want to hit the point. We'll do we'll do the displays next week. And uh, uh, the, reason I, the reason I had this information is I got a direct mail. Uh, and uh, and the envelope that looked like this, yeah, He'll and yeah, I got an envelope that looked like this, and uh, they're trying to buy my Lexus, uh, 2013 Lexus, which I haven't had in several years. <laughs> so they got a bad mailing list, and uh, they're trying to buy my Lexus uh, for about uh, eight thousand dollars less than it's worth, and uh, shop and compare your trade-in today, uh, because the. Prices of trade-ins and used cars are extremely high. And when you get the letters and the notices from the dealers, they want to buy your car, be very careful. Shop at at least three places. And one of those should be Carvana. One should be CarMax. Uh, one should be uh, uh, WeBuyAnyCar.com and the local dealer that sells your make. So very be careful important. and ignore these letters like I got in the mail. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, interesting envelopes that says here, Delivered to registered only only notification department. I mean, it really looks official, but they're BS. They all look official. Exactly. Yeah, it's a great information. I'm still getting letters for my uh, Barracuda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> hey. That's a good story. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We certainly enjoy your company. Have a great weekend, and we'll be right back here next Saturday morning.